podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is a View from the Bridge, official podcast of the Belfast Giants for KingdomoftheGiants.com. Today is the 2nd of August, 2021. My name is Patrick Smith. We're back with another well, pre-season, I guess, podcast ahead of the 2021-2022 season. The last time we were able to bring you a number of brand new signings for the Belfast Giants. And guess what? Thanks to the Belfast Giants, we're able to do exactly the same in this show. But we've got a lot to talk about other than that because there have been a lot of names added to Adam Keefe's roster in the meantime, but of course, I'll start with the most important names on the roster, and they're the three men that I can see in front of me on my screen right now. Mr. Mitchimsey, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Patrick. Mr. Kitchen, you keeping well? Yeah, I'm brown. Thanks, how are you? I've, nobody ever asked me, Mitt. I'm feeling fine, thank you. <laughs> and Mr. Joel Neal, how are you? Hello, boys. Uh, Paddy, I just have to say thank you very much for the minute-by-minute updates of your weekend at Silverstone uh, yeah, the other week. What, really appreciate what a trip. What a trip, yeah. Yeah, I was I living see- that vicariously through you. Much appreciated. Thanks. Seeing Max Verstappen hit the wall of 51 Gs right in front of my very eyes. What an experience. What it's, a, experience. it's a big day out. A big day out, but it was a, a lot of fun. The sun shone on us a lot of fun at Silverstone. But we're not here to talk about Formula One, as exciting as it's been in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. Um, we're here to talk about your Belfast Giants. Now, we're going to start with something we're going to breeze through because we're going to cover it more in depth in the uh, in the next podcast when we have this individual come and join us. But unfortunately, we've had the retirement of a man here in the last podcast, Mr. McGimsey, referred to as the greatest man to put on a goalie shirt in the Belfast Giants. Stephen Murphy has decided to hang up the gloves, the glove, the blocker, and the skates. Um, Davey, any stats from Mr. Murphy? No, I don't have any handy. Um, Are you sure you the top of your head? We, oh, well, yeah, there's 400-odd games. We, um, we'll we'll re- regurgitate all the stats that Simon went through in, the, in his little interview yes. um, w- when we get Murph on. But all the stats, he owns them all. And, you know, for me, Stephen Murphy, you know, when we did our starting six and I'm going to, you know, we'll colloquially call him the goalie. You know, for me, there may have been more short-term talent, if you know, and in Tyler Beskarani, perhaps a better on, on any given night goaltender, but for longevity and the amount of years Stephen Murphy played for the club, his, his numbers stack up against any goalie that's been here for a short period of time for the show. For me, Stephen Murphy is, is will go down in, in Giants folklore as, as one of the very best Giants let alone one of the very best goaltenders to put on the jersey. It gets you into another little, you know, discussion about um, jersey retirements and all, and we could go on. Right, someday we will have a show about jersey retirements, and the ones that shouldn't be there, and the ones that should be there. <laughs> you know, Good luck with that. They, the ones you know, that shouldn't be there? We all know, we all know, but yes, I understand. Yeah, so the, <laughs> ten years, you could, ten years you could make an argument almost for and against every jersey up there, mm-hmm. and there's ones that should be up there that aren't, and ones that have been promised that still have to happen, and there's different things, you know, but for me, Stephen Murphy, getting a wee bit carried away there, Stephen Murphy, can't wait to have him on the show, do a bit of a retrospective on his career, take him right back to when he was just a wee lad pulling on the skates for the first time to, to finishing up with the Belfast Giants. We'll not talk about the, this Elite Series recreational tournament no. that he played in, you know, he finished the Belfast Giant and uh, he finished the winner. 
Todd Kalman's number should be taken down, but that's beside the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the um, Todd, friend uh, of the show, <laughs> uh, Jolie. What about what about Murph? Obviously, we'll, we'll go more into it next time. Do you know what, Paddy? Whenever you're uh, wrong as often as I am, you have to be content with holding your hands up and saying whenever you're wrong. And uh, on the last show, I definitely was very quick to to look at Majemsi's smile there. I was very quick to put the greatest of all time <laughs> tag on Tyler Beskarwani. And I do concede that that was maybe a bit of, obviously, excitement for fantastic signing announcements, a bit of recency bias because Besko had sort of done the business and, and had that phenomenal season until. Um, there, there are many metrics by which you could measure the greatest of all time. But if you're talking about cultural club impact, and, and, you know, overall history, very, very fair point. And I can see to David Majemsey that uh, there's probably no one, if you want to use the word greater, to ever stand between the pipes for the Belfast Giants. And, uh, I mean, that's that's not a new opinion that I've got. You know, I've, I've loved Murph since, like the day, since the day I walked into the arena. Uh, absolutely sensational. Uh, broke down barriers, won the goal as a British uh, as a British goaltender. Uh, good evening, David Sims. And uh, yeah, the, the man's legacy speaks for itself. Uh, so look, happy to hold my hands up and say that I was a little bit excited. Uh, still think Tyler Beskarwani is, in terms of sheer talent, like uh, a, a generational thing. I think he's phenomenal, but uh, it's it's not a cut and dry black and white argument. So, Davey, I concede. <laughs> <laughs> and, and says you had a chance to chat with him, obviously, that video that was done. And, uh, you know, the, the guy's record speaks for itself. Of course it does. And, um, I mean, that, that conversation I had with him was supposed to be about two or three minutes. It lasted about 12. Um, you know, Davey's absolutely right. You know, he, Murph's an absolute legend here now in Belfast. There's no doubt about that. I do have the stats because I'm a bit of a stat, you know, fanatic. So um, I, I could go through them, but I'll leave it to David for his next. Um, he's gonna, I know he's going to grab him and, and uh, have a conversation with him at some point in the very near future. He hasn't had hung the skates up to a certain extent because he's still... Uh, doing hockey schools all over the place. He's in Glasgow again today, um, doing a hockey school over there. But Murph, he, he's been absolutely phenomenal for us. Um, you know, look at the right back to the 2009-10 season when the playoff final and, and that massive save against uh, Max Berbrayer. And you know, that's just that's just one for God's sake. You could run off a whole list of huge saves that he put off for us and huge moments that he's had. And a Belfast Jans jersey, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to. Uh, well, we're all speaking to him. Well, Davey's going to grab him. Um, whatever way it works out, that'll. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting them on. We, sorry, Paddy, just before no, you go there, no, um, no. We, we talk about that one big save against Max Babriar, but like that whole weekend, we had the day before in the semi-final, we had the, yep. the shootout against. I think we went against the Panthers, perhaps. Not against Panthers, it was yeah. Corey Nielsen Day, wasn't it? It was um, Corey Nielsen Day. Yes. Um, for those that weren't there. Can't tell you what happened. Um, <laughs> great, great content. Great, great content. Br- briefly, Corey Nielsen had a right grump at me, but never mind. Yeah, um, <laughs> might have been the first year that press passes. Can't remember. Um, but um, you know, he made all those saves in that penalty shootout, and then even the following day, the penalty shootout. You know, he made more than saves against Macbeth Bar. That was the that was the pivotal one because it allowed us to go down the other end and score. But like you know, he had many, many. Simon asked him, you know, can you can you pick a standout moment? And he had so many. And what I find really um, lovely about Murph saying that being at the back end, maybe making it just a regulation save and then going up the ice and scoring just makes the save so much bigger. And to see his cousin, family, and Shed scoring, or Gary scoring, or Scott scoring, or you know, these guys, especially the British guys, he seemed to have a particular fondness for, probably because they, they probably bond a wee bit more 
with, with knowing each other through the GB setup and what over the years. But, you know, um, really looking forward to getting that sort of more in-depth chat with, with Murph because he deserves that. He deserves a bit of a, a send-off for, for what he's done for the club. Here, here. We'll have that in the, in the next edition of A View from the Bridge. Uh, we'll move on um, and talk about some of the signings. And we're better to go now than having seen the retirement of Stephen Murphy, the Belfast Giants, then proceeded to announce the return of two goalkeepers. And we'll start with uh, one of Murph's best mates, and that's Andrew Dixon, coming back for... Well, it was billed to be his 10th time with the Giants. I counted as 11th because he played one game... When he played with the Steelers and then had one game with us, and then this would be the 11th consecutive year of him being with the Belfast Giants. I could be wrong on that, but um, says a, a great servant to the club, no matter how many years. Absolutely, you know, Deco is just—he's uh, just a class act. Um, you know, I don't think some people realize how funny he is. You know, in the locker room itself, I mean, the one of the funny parts is he's never on time. Um, you know, he's one of the last guys in the locker room. Uh, but he's usually one of the first guys on the ice. Um, and then he's the last guy off the ice and the first guy out because he's got to go and, and maybe do a bit of work for somebody else to to uh, get his day in. But Dicko has just been brilliant. And, and you know, uh, one of the things that Steve Murphy touched on when I was talking to him is about how good Dicko actually has got. You know, he, he didn't... My understanding is he didn't get on the ice until he was in his mid-teens. And, you know, to get from there playing at a professional level now yeah okay he hasn't played a hell of a lot of games i think it's about 50 or 45 50 games that he's played in total um over the 10 years but to play at that level and practice at that level and and the same improve week on week year on year he's done absolutely phenomenal and you know as i say to come into the sport really really late and to to pick it up and and you know, it, it's again the goaltender is one of the hardest positions because mentally, it's it's you know you might not, especially playing with a chance, you might not see a, a shot on goal for two, three, four minutes, and that's when you've got to stay in the game and, and stay focused. And and being from Balamina, you know, it's, it's a bit Balamani, sorry, it's a bit hard to stay focused sometimes. But um, he's uh, Deco. I'm really, really glad to be back. To be honest, I thought he would have hung the boots up along with Murph because the you know the two of them come together. Um, but I'm really, really glad to see him back. Really, really top lad. What I'll do is I'll just mix this in as well, because obviously, as well as Dicko being announced at the same time, we heard the announcement that the uh, the Kelowna Rocket himself, Jackson Whistle, will be returning to Teal after a brief stint with the Sheffield Steelers and the Nottingham Panthers. Davey, that rounds out the three as uh, Beskarwani, Whistle and Dicko. So your thoughts on Whistle and Dicko? Um, I'm delighted to see Dicko back. He's always somebody that's a, a lot of fun to have around the club, full stop. Um you know, whether he's playing on a game night. If he's not playing on a game night, he's always, you know, knocking about, having a bit of banter and stuff and keeping things loose for the boys and up maybe up, up where says is, you know, up the box as well. So, you know, those kind of things are really important. Really important to have a goaltender that can take weight off Besco, off Wiss at practice to allow the guys to stay on the ice for that extra 10, 15 minutes and just take slap shots at his head, you know. Says says he's always late. He's always late for those slap shots. Most of them get him bang on the napper. I've seen a few temper tantrums there. I've seen a few. I've, seen a I've few never sticks. seen. A, I've never seen a goalie break as many sticks in my life. I've ever. seen a, a few sticks um, in that bin just as you go off the ice, <laughs> the ice bowl there. But you know he's a he's a top top quality fella and someone like to have someone like that in the organisation that allows 
that extra bit of practice because the best well in the world, the best goes in the, their whistles. They want to get off the ice. They want to do their stretch. And, you know, Jackson wants to get those hips and all stretched out. Good to have him back at the club. We had the conversation with Kevin Rain when he rejoined. We will have that conversation, or maybe we'll send Joel on that one to have that conversation. <laughs> Thank with you. Kevin Rain that said it rather than Jackson Whistle. And look, if he represents Belfast, he represents us, and we support him 100%. But we will be having that conversation. It's coming to the screen near you soon. Um, good to see him back. I, I think that he went to climb that ladder, and he's done quite well since he's been away. You know, his numbers have been quite good, quite solid. That elite series, certainly. Um, though I didn't see any footage because I really no interest in it. The numbers side of things look to stack up well for him. So, you know, statistically, he's, he's been pretty handy since he went away. Good to have him back in tail again. You know, look forward to seeing what he can bring in relief of Tyler Besco Rowani when Besco can't go. One shutout and a 92% save average in that elite series. Joel, you know, your thoughts on that, on the goalie? Well, the two goalies have been added to, to, to Tyler Besco Rowani already on the side. I think the boys have already alluded to, to my main thought on, on Dicko especially. I think Dicko, you can't just measure on, uh, you can't measure his contribution and his value to the club uh, purely with his on-ice performances. Uh, he, uh, as, as the boys said, a, a loyal a loyal servant to the club, uh, someone who means a lot to the fan base as well. You know, as our league continues to evolve and change and, and the makeup of, of the kind of rosters and the types of players that are in our league, as it gets, I, th- I think anyway, up until the pandemic, better and better year on year. Um, we obviously are stuck for ice facilities on the island of Ireland and, and having a local uh, a local guy on the team is is massively important. You know, uh, plenty of us were around to see Graham Walton, uh, the Motrian, uh, Garth Roberts, guys like that icing for the Giants. And, and just to have that local connection, when, when Dicko is put in, be it a cup game, be it a, a big lead or a third uh, period, whatever, the roar that goes up, it's not like a running joke or anything. People are genuinely thrilled to see Andrew Dixon skating onto the ice in that jersey and representing the club for them because he's a local lad. And it makes it possible to a million kids who are, you know, doing the same thing uh trying to do the business so yeah and, and culturally as well as as Sis said you know he's he's the uh a big part of the glue that keeps the the show on the road and uh, a heck of a, a commentator as well says uh, as a co-com uh, be, yeah. be good to see him back in the right. back in the booth this season uh really really entertaining and uh misunderstood as you say in terms of just how witty and how sharp that he is um in terms of Wiss, my, my former next door neighbor uh glad to see jackson back uh very very solid option uh, between the pipes and, and him and Besco together, that's that's great depth. And, and then when you add Dicko as well, uh, it's a, it's an area that uh, that we have very well covered right now. Um, happy to see him back and, and hope that he gets gets back and, and sees ice time and, and shares the load and, and does well. And at this point, we've got a lot of dollar signings to cover. But at this point, we're going to announce one of the new names on Adam Keith's roster. I say a new name; it's a returning name, and that is the twenty nine year old centre from St Louis. David Goodwin, who uh, spent a bit of time in Krakow last season, um, trying to get some ice time, but is returning to the Belfast Giants, and he chatted with Joel earlier today. It gives me great pleasure to welcome back a familiar face to Giants fans, making his return to Belfast after the the season was curtailed early due to the pandemic. Uh, Long overdue. Welcome back to Belfast, David Goodwin. It's good to see you, my man. How are you? I'm doing great, Joel. Really, really great to be back. Pumped for the season. Uh, let's start off, I guess. Uh, we haven't seen, uh, seen you, heard from you in a little while. Everybody kind of went their own way over the past year and a half. Uh, where in the world do we find you at the minute and, and how are you doing? Yeah, those, uh, you know, obviously right when the season ended um, in 2020, I came back to the U.S. for about six months. You know, obviously kind of like everyone, didn't really know what was going to go on. Um, 
was there until Christmas. And then I was able to finish last hockey season playing in Krakow, Poland. Awesome experience. I was there for about four months. Um, loved the country, loved the city. The hockey was good. Uh, I had the opportunity of playing with Darcy Murphy. I met him for the first time, obviously, a, you know, a very well-known Belfast giant. So we had a lot in common there. Um, and then since then, been, been uh, living in Nashville, Tennessee for the last four months, um, kind of preparing to head back to Belfast. And uh, you have to tell me uh, how you find in Nashville. You're, you're a St. Louis guy. Uh, is it much of a change? It, it is absolutely uh, a change of pace from St. Louis. Um, you know, just tons going on. Um, a few temptations here or there, but I've been uh, committed to my workout regimen and, um, you know, trying to keep my body in the best shape possible. But it's, it's a fun city for sure. That time in Poland, playing out in Krakow, uh, you, am I right in saying you finished that season with silver, is it, they call it the silver medal, like league runner-up? Yep, silver medal. Um, yep, we finished second in the league, you know, had a pretty grueling playoff uh, run, you know, that ended, you know, unfortunately with silver. But, you know, the most important thing, I was able to play some good hockey in a good country and kind of stay fresh and stuff. So um, it certainly filled that void for me. You obviously have experience of that, that European hockey style, uh, as in you were um, uh, you were in Finland before you came to, to Belfast, uh, straight out of college. So what was it like making the transition back from a very North American style in the EIHL, going back into that very quick, fast-paced, hands-and-feet European style? I guess it kind of suited you as a player? Yeah, you know, I think yeah, it was fine. You know, certainly a different style, um, a lot more... Uh, controlled chaos, a lot more running around. Um, but, you know, obviously, like, if you're a North American player that wants to kind of bounce around in Europe, you have to be able to adapt. And, um, you know, thankfully, I, I feel like I've been able to do that pretty well. So it was it was fun for what it was. Um, grateful for the time there. Um, so, yeah, all things considered, it was a good fit. Now, before we get to the obvious questions around, obviously, last season and, and your return to Belfast, uh, there's been a bit of a running theme, or, or at least something that I've noticed recently anyway, um, and I'd love to get your thoughts on, on it. You were obviously an NCAA Big Ten champion with, with Penn State. Uh, you captained the side in your final year. You're 12th on the all-time scoring chart. Uh, first of all, how do you look back on all of those years at college uh, in terms of making you the pro that you are today? And then what are your thoughts on the EIHL and the Belfast Giants beginning to pick up more and more young guys fresh out of collegiate hockey? Um, do you think it's good for the league? Yeah, you know, first, you know, obviously I, I loved my four years at Penn State. Great university, great hockey program. As you said, we won the Big Ten Championship with the likes of Michigan, Minnesota, Notre Dame my senior year. So we were playing with all the big dogs. Certainly, I feel like it prepared me um, as a player and a person to make this leap to professional hockey especially at the time, I went a very unconventional route. I was one of like, you know, the first people that went right from NCAA to Europe, to pro in Europe. Now, as you mentioned, Joel, it seems like that's kind of starting to become more yeah. and more common. And so, yeah, at the time it was certainly unconventional, but I thought Penn State did a great job preparing me. Um, so, you know, very grateful for that. In regards to Belfast, you know, and, and more broadly the EIHL, you know, I think, I think it's great. You know, I think, I think the NCAA for a lot of European leagues is a very unknown situation. You never know what you're going to get. I think it's probably better hockey than many of the pro leagues in Europe give it credit for. Um, 
you know, I always tell guys that are thinking about going over to Europe, the hardest year is your first year because a lot of teams don't necessarily want to take that risk because they don't know. But if you've played a year in Finland, played a year in Germany, then, for example, the EIHL knows exactly what they're going to get. Um, I think the fans will be pleasantly surprised with, with, you know, the younger guys coming right from NCAA. To a previous point you made, I think it will make the league a lot faster yeah. than it's been in the past. Um, you know, obviously, like, having guys maybe after they've played a longer North American career come to, come to the EIHL, maybe they've slowed down a little bit. Now we're going to be getting guys that are 23, 24, prime shape. They're going to be looking to run around, you know, with their head cut off, hitting anything in sight. <laughs> I think uh, Giants fans got a taste of that whenever the Friendship Four started here. And it's just, uh, for me personally, it's my favorite type of player. And it's, it's really exciting to see that now begin to permeate and begin to pay off in the actual roster. And I guess you're going to have a couple of, of teammates like that. And, and you yourself are not, are not long out of, of ho- or, sorry, college hockey. Um, so I, I guess we can look forward to some really high-octane, energetic hockey from the Giants this season. Absolutely. It seems like, you know, from the makeup of the roster that I've seen so far, certainly going to be, you know, a faster team. As I mentioned, I think the league is probably going in that direction. So I think it's going to be one of those things that you're going to need to be able to skate really well to keep up. Let's turn to Belfast then, the obvious subject. Um, obviously, your, your arrival in Belfast was a little out of the ordinary too. You were brought in to sort of bolster the, the offense that was faltering a little bit at the time. Um, and then obviously, uh, as we all know, the season was, was curtailed early. Um, so making a return despite all of that disruption and despite probably quite a, a turbulent season, uh, that would indicate to me that, that you probably enjoyed your time here? I did, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think Belfast is a very special place. Um, the fans are phenomenal. Um, the way the, the Giants run their organization is, is phenomenal. So, you know, when I kind of had that opportunity to, to head back, when I started talking to Kiefer and Steve, it, it was exactly where I wanted to be. So, How did that return come about? Did, were you always on, on Adam Keefe's radar? Did you keep in touch? Uh, or did you consider any other options? There's a lot of guys, unfortunately, um, that otherwise probably would be gearing up for a season that have now decided to, you know, hang the skates up, go into the business world. Was it always a return to hockey? And, and was Belfast top of that list? Yeah, I mean, Kiefer and I, we, we kept in touch when I was in Poland. You know, Kiefer made it a point, like, hey, like, you know, if you do at one point want to get back to the Giants, like, it's important that you play some hockey in this, you know, this weird year, this past season. Yeah. Um, which I did, as I mentioned, I was in Poland. I think, I think the fact that I was playing with Darcy Murphy probably, you know, put Kiefer's antennas up in his head a little bit more <laughs> uh, and incentivized him to maybe watch some of our games online a little more because he knew myself and, and Murph were, were playing together on the same line. But, yeah, we kept in touch. You know, I always wanted to keep the Belfast door open. As I mentioned, I think it's such a special place. And, um yeah, it, it just kind of fell in fell into place perfectly. The thought of you and Darcy Murphy on a line will strike fear into the opposition and hopefully sell a few more season tickets. Uh, your, your strengths to me while you were here, uh, you, you know, I, I, I would consider you a fast skater. You, you've got fast weights. Uh, you're a playmaker. But I think the reason, uh, not to put words in the coach's mouth, but the reason I think you were brought into Belfast was that ability to, to get a greasy goal, to, to fight in the dirty areas. And that, at the time, was something that the Giants we're lacking. Uh, is that what Giants fans can expect on your return? Has your game changed much since the last time? Yeah, you know, I think that's a great point, Joel. I, you know, if you were to make a, a montage video of all my goals in the last five years, 
none of them would be the same. You know, you watch Ovechkin, <laughs> you could put a, you know, a dummy in Ovechkin's spot and just one-timer, one-timer, one-timer. Like, for me, I'm just, you know, I like to score in, in any way I can, shooting around the net, deke, whatever. And uh, that's always kind of been my MO. So I, I certainly plan, plan on bringing that back to the Giants this season. And uh, this is something we're, we're asking everyone because I think it's something that we've all spent a lot of time thinking about. But on the return to the arena that first night with fans back in the building after everything that we've all been through, uh, from your perspective, skating out onto the ice, how do you think that's going to feel? Yeah, it's going to be electric. You know, that, to be honest, that was a big incentive to me get, to, for me to get back to the Giants, just thinking about that opening night, what it's going to mean to the fans, to the city, to the country. Like, it's going to be electric. Uh, when it when it sounded like I was going to go back to Belfast, I'd been keeping in touch with Kevin Rain, and we were, we'd have these phone calls, and we were just like, man, that first night is going to be <laughs> so pumped, like can't wait. So I'm uh, I'm certainly looking forward to that very much. So good to hear from uh, from David Goodwin, and welcome back to him to the Belfast Jets. Um, I'll go straight to you then. Really, really, the guy obviously has the energy. He, he, he's looking forward to getting back in. Yeah, I kind of brought it up there, but my favorite part about David Goodwin is that that he is, he's a goal scorer and he's a playmaker, but but as I said, uh, he was brought in to go after those dirty goals that the Giants were lacking at the time. He obviously uh, was a replacement for for Jean Dupuis, who things obviously didn't really work out for in Belfast. Um, and and he, it's for me anyway, uh, you know, he lit it up very consistent, uh, lots of energy on the ice. And uh, the prospect of him and Darcy Murphy playing on the same lineup or possibly the same line, uh, sign me up. I'll watch that any day of the week. Says so good numbers as a sentiment when he was here. Yeah, I, I, again, I, mean, I disagree. I don't think he was brought in to score goals. I thought he was brought in mm. to basically get you know have a couple of good wingers and get them scoring. If he's looking for a good winger, you know he'll, he'll line Darcy up all day long. So you know he's a really good player. Joel touched on a good skater and he's, he's solid. Does both ends of the ice. He sort of ticks every box um, that you want to at this level because we're you know we've you. This year's probably going to be three, maybe three lines and an extra player um, because of the way it's all panning out. And, and you know, when you're in that position, you, you, your, your first line, your second line, need to play on a lot of minutes, especially, you know, if you're shorthanded. And, it, you know, it really does tire you out. And, and he was playing both penalty kill and power play uh, for the chance in the, in the last season. So really good signing. Glad to see him back. He's a solid player. And uh, hopefully he does strike up that relationship with Darcy again and, and gets a wee man firing. With Darcy, Davey had to get to, what, 30 games in in um, in Poland. So it's good that he was able to get that ice time. And obviously, you know, with hopefully, as we say, you know, if he does strike up that partnership with Darcy Murphy, it, it will be good for the Giants. Yeah, it was a strange old time, I guess, for everybody having to go away and try and find just somewhere to play some hockey over the last sort of, Whatever eighteen months, whenever this this what what I'll call this strange the strange days that we lived through, you know I'm I'm glad to see that we're seem to be a bit more light at the end of the tunnel. And we're coming out of it. And as says said, I'm not not absolutely convinced he was brought in to score goals. You know we brought Elgin Pierce in as well, and it's just as it as it happened, Goody. You know whatever 15, 16 games less, and was only one goal short of actually top scoring on the team that season. So you know he did come in, he did reignite offense. He was pretty good in the circle when he had to go in there as well. We tried a lot of combinations in there because the more you have the puck, the more goals you score. And, uh, you know, he at times come up with a couple of real crucial face-off wins. I remember away in Cardiff 
although it didn't pan out for us absolutely brilliantly over the season, we still retained our championship. So, you know, at the end of the day, he came in and did what he had to do. And uh, I'm glad to see him back. I think Goody has, and, and as as he's alluded to there, he's been away playing with Murph. So, you know, that's maybe a little bit of ready-made chemistry that uh, Kiefer might look to put together right from the get-go. But, um, you know, to bring to come in and to get your wingers firing again, we lost Sean Dupuy, we lost Jesse Forsberg. I don't think Forsberg, without segueing too much, Forsberg, if I'm right, says took a bad hit. Maybe won the CHL games, took an injury, yeah. right? Really yeah, yeah. Never yeah. got going. Never really got going again. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of Jesse Forsberg, to be quite honest with you. Having came through that production line that Kendall <clears throat> McFall and that came through. So, um, but sorry for him. Didn't work out. Sean Dupuy just didn't work out. 14 games. I think Joel had as many points as him. So, uh, <laughs> it was unfortunate he had to go, but he went good. He came in the rest history, you know, Things might not have worked out at the end of that season, but we still were, were building towards a good playoff run. We had players getting into form. So we'll never know is the answer, but maybe next season, Goody will get the right in new chapter. Um, yes, and a big welcome back to David Goodwin. There's an aspect of that interview I'm going to bring up later in the show as well regards the enthusiasm of players coming back into the Belfast mm-hmm. Giants. But on, and on that, actually, it brings us into some of the new signings that were announced in the meantime. Uh, in before, and we will have another signing for the Giants coming later in the show, so stick around for that. But in the meantime, they were announced. Let's take a batch of three Ben Lake, Mark Garside, and brand new signing in Jeff Baum, a 25 year old utility, more defensive player from, from Texas. Uh, he's coming in from NCAA at the American International College. Um, but those three were announced as uh, uh, in one tranche. Um, Davey, you know, Laker coming back, Garside coming in for the Nottingham Panthers, and mm-hmm. Baum, your thoughts? Um, Laker, Laker's a bit crucial. He, uh, for me, he was really, really good when he was here, and I'm glad to see him back. A lot of speed, good hands. I think, you know, you could go on and write a lot of superlatives with Ben Lake. Whenever he signed to us from, from the Coventry Blazers, it was a massive coup in, mm-hmm. in terms of, of coming to Belfast from a, a from a team that he had done really, really well in. He had a pretty decent season with us. Again, I don't know how that season was going to finish, so I'm looking forward to seeing him through a, through a complete phase with us. Gary, I'm probably going to forgive him. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Uh, <laughs> That's progress. That's progress. Gary is that has that ability. He's gone back on D. Will he be on D completely? I'm not sure. Says maybe know a bit more about that. You know, he's, he's probably put himself into that position now. Was it Walter? Wasn't it Walter put him back on day? It was Walter yeah. put him on day. It turned out to be an absolute uh, brilliant decision because Gary would probably be scratching around for third line, maybe fourth line time. So, he, you know, he's making a big contribution on the blue line for us there. He plays the puck simple. Gary gets the puck, passes the puck, chips it out when he has to. Really, really nice, solid player. GB International. He's coming up, and the amount of games this guy's played for the club is phenomenal as well. I don't have the stats in front of me. Gary's in the... I'm sure he's in his 400s. Like, um, have you got my stats in front of you, sis? Keep talking, I'll bring him up. But, you know, like Gary has been been at the club an awful long time now. He's had his testimonial. I think maybe a few people thought maybe Gary would call it a day, probably maybe prior to even last season. But absolutely thrilled that he, he's still patrolling the blue line there for us. And Jeff Baum, a player there that can probably go both ways. He could probably play a bit of D, he could play forward if he was needed fresh from the NCAA, another one of these guys that I think Joel referenced in um, in his interview with um, 
good either that you know there's more and more players coming direct from the NCAA. How much of that is down to the friendship for and and the word getting around that this is a really good place to play hockey, the elite league, but in general, um, the Belfast Giants, because we definitely seem to have more of a share of the NCAA cake there, you know. So um bomb uh, as a guy I, I, I want to see going um decent enough numbers really clever guy through through his studies and, and someone that's going to come here and and maybe be a bit of a brain on the ice as well i like the way this says that davy said have you got my stats there um but says you know one of one of the things about this as well and it's the point that maybe i'll make regards to that we're talking about david goodwin is alexis seeing the likes of ben lake coming back mark gosh okay okay gary lives in northern ireland that's fine but like some ben lake coming back and we see that as well jackson whistle coming back we see tara beskarwani back we see darcy murphy back seeing guys like this with the enthusiasm to come back and jo- rejoin or you know, re-sign for the Belfast Giants is a real positive and a real feather in the cap to the organization. It, it makes things a lot easier because they're, you know, they're obviously comfortable in the area. They're, they know the the uh, the rank. They know their way about. You know, the hockey players. There's an awful lot of them travel, an awful lot. Um, you know, they see maybe see a new city every year. There's a lot of guys do that, but you know, having them back, they. With them feeling comfortable in Belfast itself, I think it makes it a lot easier for other guys to settle in because they know, you know, they'll probably be sharing with somebody who's been here before. And they, you know, when you've got a new guy coming in or two new guys coming in, sharing together, you know, it's easy enough to get lost between the SSA arena and where the guys live and the the Donald Ice Bowl uh, where they train. So having that um, familiarity makes it a lot easier for them. Laker, Davey just touched on it there. I think he's absolutely crucial um, to bring that type of guy in because, again, he plays in all eventualities. I think he's very, very underrated. I don't think a lot of fans give him the credit that he's due. Um, ben Lake is top, top quality. Uh, he plays at all eventualities, as I say. You know, he can play power play, plays shorthanded. Uh, he, he's a really, really strong skater up and down the ice. You know, he scored the winning goal in, a, in the title for us, and we weren't even on the ice. Um, so you know he'll always go down as a <laughs> as a legend, Belfast Giants history as well. So, but Ben Lake for me is is a brilliant signing. Um, bringing Gary back, you know, it, it's a no brainer. Again, he lives here, he's got family here, um, you know, two kids and and uh, enjoying himself. So, you know, why wouldn't you bring him back? Davy's Davy'll give him a hug when he's when he's socially distanced allowed <laughs> um, at some point. So I don't see that being an issue. But you know, Davy Davy just touched on his, his stats there. Gary's 546 games. You know, he's ninth overall in points for the Belfast Giants. 205 points in, in 546 games. And a lot of them now, probably, you know, four seasons on that, maybe five seasons on that, that have been played on the back end. So, you know, Mark Garside is is definitely going to go down as another legend in, in Belfast Giants history. There's no doubt about that. Um, and then again, Jeff Baum, the friendship four, Planets part again, and that's not the end of it. There is going to be more. Uh, the, the 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 positivity that's being spread across North America because of the friendship for and the organization that they obviously trust and everybody the building relationships that they have done over this last six seven years um, is now is is, is definitely um, showing fruit, and it's I think it's absolutely brilliant that we're able to bring guys of that caliber, that age, and give them the opportunity to play one year here. If they like it, brilliant, and they, they're competitive and they're successful, then stay. But they've got the opportunity to go further afield. And then, 
you never know. Just like we Darcy, just like David Gubin, they've got a chance to come back. Jackson Whistle as well. So yeah, that, I think Steve and Adam have done a really good job so far in, in putting this um, roster together. Um, and as I say, we're not finished yet. Davey, you want to back in there? Says many games that Shed's finished with six hundred and twenty-seven. Oh, so so technically, if he plays oh, every seasons. game this season, they get overtake him. That would be a lot of games. Well, it's fifty. Let's see, fifty-four. 80, Eighty games says that'll not happen. Five forty. Many games to play the year before. Fifty. Not going to have eighty games. Not going to happen. Um, Joe, you know, go on, go on. <laughs> no, no, say carry on. I'm trying to work it out in my head. Okay, we'll honestly, we've we'll not played any games. We've never played any games. The, <laughs> well, well, says as the calculator out, um, Joel. You know, these these three signs we, we've talked about Mark Garside are interesting that you know being uh, having been brought back into the got him back into the uh the 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 um the GB setup and he was there just this past championships competing for team GB at at the top table and then you know bomb coming in with his role he's a bit of a utility player he can play forward he can play D and then Laker well you know as a as a as a team GB player team GB Comrade of uh, of likes of Garsh, you know, it's, he brings his own skills to the table. Yeah, I feel like a bit of a stuck record in, in how much I'm talking about just uh, my favorite type of player being those young guys who come in with with so much energy and so much willingness to to want to win, to want to win championships. Uh, those college guys, but but they're not. That that sort of recruitment method doesn't work unless you have the experience and the steady hand of guys like Mark Garside, who have been around here for a long time now. And, you know, as, as the league continues to morph and change, those long tenured players that, that we seem to used to have always had a few of, they're getting fewer and fewer. There there goes Stephen Murphy, you know, and, and obviously uh, Colin Shields, greatest of all time, has, has hung them up a few years now. So players like Mark Garside, you, you, you don't go to market to find those types of guys. That's the guy who lives and breathes the organization. And, and those young, energetic players, coming in having someone like that to mentor them to learn from just someone who has the experience and, and the, the the sheer number of games played in this league uh, that that's what makes that recruitment method work uh, in terms of Jeff Baum you've got an amazing sort of duality here in that he is coming straight out of college and has that energy and the youth but he's also got experience of winning championships like the he, he switched from Providence I think to his uh, to his college that I can't remember the name of American something sorry American International um, College Thank you. In, in the Atlantic Division, he was a regular season champion in all three years with that college. And, and I think they won the, the playoffs or the overall championship in two out of three of those years. So to come in with sort of the experience as well as the, the youthful energy and whatever else, that to me is the kind of player I want to pay my money and watch. Like that's that's just awesome. Um, it says set it uh, better than I could regarding Ben Lake. Uh, that's, that's a player that you want on your roster in this league. And, and I'm very glad to see him back. Simon, you'd your hand up there. Come on, you coming back to the numbers? Here we go. Maybe I know you're having a busy week, man. So I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to have a go at you here. But we did play the games one season. But the year that Josh Roach. What? But it won't be next season. No, I know that. But okay, I was it was wrong there. But I'm just pointing out where you were wrong first because you're the stop man. <laughs> but the Kevin McFall, Josh Roach here. There was eighty games. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you're right. They'll not be playing eighty games this year. But he's not far off it, and he'll not be. He'll be playing another year after this. So hopefully, his his shoulders stay in place. His glass shoulders of my sort of complex <laughs> glass shoulders, and he's all right. But um, Mark Garside, final word on Gary. I'm so glad to have him back. Yeah, yeah. Neil Neil Whitehead has another excuse to bring out that David Ling. Oh. You know, throw the gloves down. All time. All we're, time. We're, we're, I do like this. Basically, it's the gloves are thrown down. 
cut the video there. Yeah, thank God he didn't uh, add the fight. Yeah, it's unreal. Cut, cut the video. I'm, there. I'm still, I'm still not convinced. That's not a comfortable win. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Ling doesn't lay a mitt yeah. on him. I, do, I, I think I think I I uh, I like your loyalty to, to Gary there, Davey. <laughs> he loves him really. The um so there they were three names that came forward, and there were three other brand new names that came onto the Belfast Giants roster since we last spoke. They were Sam Roop, who is a 25 year old D man from Regina, Saskatchewan. Cam Knight, he's a young American from Reading, Massachusetts. And uh, Scott Conway, who has already played on the ice in Belfast with Providence as part of the Friendship Four, and of course is the son of Kevin Conway, a GB international who played for more or less every single team in the country, and I think played against Mr. Simon Kitchen. Yeah, Kevin Conway played against you. I think he's probably hit this point. My dog shops. He um, he's he's we've hit this point. I says what. We've hit this point now where, where, where the kids, the kids where the are kids coming through. Coming yeah. through. I know. No, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting on that, man. I'm touching 50 next year, boys. So I'm all right. I'm still on the <laughs> ice. I'm happy enough. The, um, but, uh, you know, Kevin Conway, his dad, was just an unbelievable player. I mean, I think he had, I mean, again, okay, you're, you're back to the late 80s at that point. Air Bruins, he, I'm pretty sure he had 200 points um, at the Air Bruins. The year I played against him was uh, Telford Tigers. Um, and he, Two hundred and fifty-two. Like, Two hundred and fifty-two points in one season with the Telford Tigers. I, and he, he he hammered me that night, mate. I mean, I honestly didn't know my arse from my elbow. He, he really turned me inside out. I was only a kid. I was thinking I was only sixteen at the time. Um, and then I played a friendly. I think it might have been the year after, the year after that against Billingham when he was in Billingham. Um, and again, he scored a bucket load of points up there. If if, if Scott is anywhere near as potent as his dad was. Um, on the ice, then he will be a huge signing for the Belfast Giants. Well, I was talking when, when we got this over the line. I was talking to Toff about him. Um, Toff's always he, he'd been with him over at uh, uh, GB um, for yeah. the Olympic qualifiers last year. Mm-hmm. Toff said he's quality, quality all over. Just Adam, he really caught Adam's attention when he was here for that. Um, and uh, you know he's going to be a big, big player. GB international, as I say, played in the, the friendship four again. You know you've got these kids. That are, are just keep on coming up and up and and then you mentioned Tom Knight and Sam Rook, two big defensemen. Um, Davy had, had just said there when we were tra- chatting before the show about the size of the defense this year. Um, and my understanding is they can all move, so uh, you know it's a it's a big big plus. Um, real I, honestly, the, the lineup we're putting together here is seems to be hung or sorry, oh, seems to be. <laughs> you can't cut that bit out, can you? I'm not definitely, I'm definitely not cutting that bit out. Go for it. This is back to the recruitment means, yeah. Back to the last show. That, that's exactly what it is. But um, I, I've lost my trail of thought now. Brilliant. Happy days. Keep her going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'll jump in on them. What says was saying about oh. the, you know, you're, you're talking just across those three players, like six foot, six one, six four. And we've got like 195, 200, 210 pounds. We're recruiting giants. And I think I, I was just saying a wee, a wee stupid throwaway stat. The team recruited so far is averaging over six foot, is averaging about 190, 200 pounds. You know, we're, we're recruiting big men. And we already know, you know, you do your little bits of research here and there. You talk to the coach, talk to says who's, who's talking to them on a daily basis. These guys can move. One of the things that Steve Thornton, whenever he first came to Belfast, not when he was a player, as a coach and, and back in this, 
head of hockey operations. You remember he came up with the caption "Speed Kills." Yeah. You know, Steve Thornton is a, a phenomenal recruiter. We know that over the years. One of the things he's really focusing on over the last number of years is the mobility, the, the ability to go up and back down the ice. And these guys that are coming in, they're not just here to be, you know, cones in their in their D zone. They have to be able to move. They have to be able to supplement offense. So important to get points from the blue line. And we have had over the last number of years, you know, the Jim Vandermeers, the Spiros, the guys that can come in. Whenever Doug Christensen was here, we sort of digress a wee bit. He just and and Walser wasn't quite as bad. That didn't like the D man being first man in, and then you're no. worrying about the third man being high and all. These guys have to be able to transition the puck. That's where the game's going. You know, the the puck has to be able to go that two hundred feet quick. And a bit bit like Goody, these guys coming in, Goody now having the two hundred foot ice experience because he went from the NCAA. There's just that little bit of. Um, transition that those guys have to go through from going from the small ice pad into the big ice pad. So that's that's something for them to transition. But I'm sure, I'm sure that's well covered. But I'm I'm really liking the the size we're building. Joe, yeah, I think just a, a, a note to add on to what the boys have, have eloquently said. Uh, something that strikes me, it's really cool that uh, Cam Knight and Scott Conway are both coming in from sort of separate paths so far in hockey uh both sort of that young kind of uh college collegiate guy that i'm talking about both of them have separately already played with jeff bomb um conway played uh for providence and in, in bombs uh one year there before he departed at the friendship four um and then uh, knight played alongside bomb uh, with the witch of the wildcats of the nhl it's great to have a team coming in where that sort of patchwork has already begun even right down to david goodwin have an experience of of playing alongside a former giant and darcy murphy now going to be a teammate uh, um, it's fantastic that we're getting the jump on that kind of thing. Something that that is probably uh, you, you wish you could change it about our league, uh, and, and it's just a, a necessity. Guys come in and they hit the ground running. They've got a couple of weeks to get up to speed, learn systems, get to know each other, and how each other plays. Uh, to have that sort of prior experience of each other coming in, I think will stand us in really good stead in the early season, which will be extra important this year because of the time that's been missed. Yeah, some really really good signings there, and we're going to come to. Another brand new one for the Belfast Giants. The Giants have allowed us to have a new name and be able to bring to you a new name on the roster, a new name to the Elite League. That name is Tyler Soy. He is a 24-year-old centre from Coverdale in British Columbia, and I had a chance to chat with him earlier today. First of all, Tyler, welcome to the Belfast Giants. I guess the uh, I, well, the first question is, I guess, um, where are you? Well, what, what, what does life have you doing now? How's your summer? Um, right now, I'm currently in Victoria, British Columbia, here in Canada. Uh, I live in an apartment with my girlfriend and her dog, and I'm currently just training and uh, and working out, not really working or anything right now. Uh, popping back and forth between here and Vancouver, which is where my family's from, to, to get out, out on the ice. And uh, yeah, it's been pretty basic summer so far. So how does the opportunity come that you join us here at the Belfast Giants? <laughs> <clears throat> well, I was originally um, with the University of Alberta, that's in Edmonton, uh, and, uh, you know, just after this last year, we, we weren't able to play any games. We barely were able to practice, you know, with the whole COVID situation. There was lots of stuff locked down, lots of stuff uh, completely just shut down. So, you know, this year I really wanted to get back to just being able to play, just focus on hockey, not really have to worry about school or, or these other different things. And uh, so I talked to my agents and, and 
they'd reached out and got in contact with a few different places and then uh, you know I got in contact with Kiefer and and uh, you know had a couple of really good conversations with him and with Steve and uh, just got a really good feeling for Belfast and you know it made me really excited and really want to play here. So, like you said, you know, it's been a difficult last year. You you had two years initially with the well, well a year and a bit with uh, with the University of Alberta, and then this year, absolutely nothing. So that affected your hockey. What about the schooling? Was was that still able to continue? Uh, it it was. Everything was online, which yeah. was great. Um, you know, a lot of the professors, uh, you know, they were able to condense everything, put it into video lectures or. Or live ones for for depending on which class and um, you know it takes away a little bit from actually being in a classroom and whatnot. But on the other hand, it also you know it made everything a lot more accessible, a lot easier to to still be able to to get stuff done and, and get all the information you need. Prior to prior your time with with the um, University of Alberta, you had quite a bit of time with the Victoria Royals and the WHL, and you dipped your toe as well in the AHL with San Diego and with that uh, with Tulsa and the ECHL. You, know, why make the decision now to make the jump to Europe? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think um, I've always been really interested in in the hockey over in Europe. Um, you know, the fact that there's so many different leagues. You know. Some leagues, you know, have a different style completely to, to what I'm used to in North America. Maybe the schedule is set up differently. And um, it's always been really fascinating to me and really interesting. And just getting the opportunity to go play in Europe was, was a big deal. And knowing that, um, you know, there might be opportunities moving on to different teams or, or if things go well, you know, being able to stay and maybe set up, you know, a good spot in Belfast, for example. And... Um, you know, I've always wanted to play pro hockey. That's always been the goal. Um, like you said, I've had a little bit of experience uh, here in North America. And, um, you know, after going to school, it just really seemed like going over to Europe was, was the right move. I don't think the Giants have made any sort of um, secret of the fact that a move to the Elite League can be that stepping stone into the into the bigger European leagues. And I guess that's maybe that sort of stepping stone that you want to take. Yeah, I mean that's definitely um, one of the things that that we that it's been talked about uh, before me. Uh, I decided to come to Belfast, but um, even just getting a chance to play in Belfast and in this league is really exciting for me. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity, you know, especially like we talked about, like with the year that yeah. I just had. Yeah. I'm so excited to be able to play in such a good spot. That seems to have you know great coaching, great management. Seems to be, always be a good team. The fans seem awesome. The support they give seems great. So I, I'm really looking forward to just getting back to being able to play and have a good year, and then everything after that can settle itself out. You know, obviously, when it comes to to picking up guys like yourself, you expect the coaching team to do their due diligence and to to understand the player they're bringing in. What about on your side? Do you do your due diligence about the Belfast Giants or about the Elite League? You know, do you go out and speak to guys that you know who have played over here before? Yeah, for sure. Um, I know a couple of, a couple of guys that I played with in at the University of Alberta. They're playing in Cardiff this year, so I'll get to see them quite a few times. Who are they? And, uh, so that's Trevor Cox and okay. Cole Sanford. Um, but yeah, you know, talking with guys like that, kind of just, you know, talk with my agents or, or doing my own little research online about, you know, the coach or the city or, you know, how the team is, has been playing and everything. So 
you know, everything's come back pretty, pretty positive and I'm pretty, I'm very excited. So let's talk about you and your game. What sort of player do you think the Belfast Giants are getting in Tyler Soy? <clears throat> oh, I think I'm a pretty skilled, versatile forward. Um, you know, normally I'm, I'm playing, I've been playing center for many years, but I've also played a lot of wings. So I feel like I can, you know, mix into different spots. Um, Generally, I'd say I'm more of a pass-first kind of guy, but uh, you know, I also do like putting the puck in the back of the net. So, uh, you know, I think I'm I do well offensively, and and I think I can handle my own defensively as well. So, I think just pretty pretty all around uh, two way forward. Uh, you're no, you're 24, so it's quite yeah. a, quite a short career so far. What's been the highlight? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think. You know, being drafted by by Anaheim was a, mm-hmm. was a pretty cool opportunity and experience. Um, getting to play a couple of games with San Diego, um, I know that I had some injuries and, and things didn't work out great, so I ended up playing in Tulsa, which was a cool experience. Um, being able to to play for the U18s for Team Canada has been, you know, a pretty cool opportunity that I was able to have and. Um, yeah, honestly, I think this is this is up there on the list. Being able to come over to Europe and play pro hockey is, I think, just the next uh, the next thing to put on that list. Fabulous! It's only a, I say it's a few short weeks. It's it's about sixty eight weeks before we look to to start the elite league season here. Given yeah. that all that's going on, thankfully we look, we're looking at a more positive positive future after the last year and a half that we've had. But what have you been doing to sort of keep yourself in the game? You know, you're saying you're training. Are you back on the ice? Are you a lot of time in the gym or how does that training uh, how does that training look yeah well it's it's definitely been difficult over the last year um most of the most of the year while i was in edmonton things were pretty bad with covid so everything was shut down we weren't able to skate we didn't have access to any of the gyms or anything so i was just trying to do little home workouts with some like 10 pound dumbbells that i have and you know it's it's not easy, but you know you do what you can. Uh, right now, I'm just getting in the gym as much as I can, and uh, been able to get out on the ice a couple times. And I'm actually going back over to Vancouver this week to stay with my parents and and get some ice in over there during the week. So I'm just trying to do it as much as I can to to get prepared. Fantastic. Like I say, it's only a few weeks before you come and you come and join us. We look forward to it. Enjoy your time in Victoria with all those whales and the, the lovely Pacific Ocean in, in Vancouver. I, I remember it well, a beautiful part of the world. And uh, yeah. we'll see you when you come over to another beautiful part of the world here in Belfast. And we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Tyler. Absolutely. I'm excited. Thank you very much. Great to have Tyler Soy on with us here at the Belfast Giants. And, uh, you know, he was a seventh round draft pick with the Anaheim Ducks. He seems, Joel, to have uh, quite a great attitude to the game. Yeah, again, it's another experience. Sorry, another uh, case of like we were talking with Jeff Baum. You know, you've got a young guy who seems to have a very experienced head on his shoulders and, and being able to bring in that that kind of duality as well. A bit of maturity to add to to sort of the, the maturity of the, the longer tenured guys who have been around the team. I think I'm just impressed, to be honest, with uh, the, the coaching. Sorry. My head, my, my my words have ran out. It's that time of day. Sorry, uh, the, the the entire sort of uh, recruitment drive this season. If you kind of give it that kind of top down view, I think it's an amazing sort of network. They've built a real squad with all of the right strengths and all of the right places, um, and he seems to very much be a part of that. Uh, he seems to. Uh... Says you know, Joel brought up the fact he's got experience. WHL, he wore an A. You know, and another player coming in from that U Sports direction. 
again, you know, they, they just seem to be top quality from that um, university uh, links that they have up in North America as well as the NCAA. I mean, I'm just looking through his, his, um, his elite prospects. He played in the 2015 two, or under 18 World Championship team with the likes of Matthew Barzell, Thomas Shabbat. Um, you know, yeah. there, there's guys there, Anthony Bavillier, you know, Fred, or Frankie's brother. So, you know, there, there's guys there who, who, when you play at that level with those type of guys, he's certainly going to be another player you have to keep your eye on. So, you know, hopefully he hasn't played hockey a lot over the last 18 months, which is probably, you know, one thing that's going to, um, you know, he's going to have to take a little, maybe a little bit longer to get back and going again. But, you know, been, the, the boys are being allowed to come in anytime from uh, mid-August um, right up until the, the season starts. So it's um, hopefully we can get these guys in, get them going. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to the season. It's been too long of sitting... <laughs> And some good insight to some of the names on the Cardiff Devils roster there. Um, <laughs> go, back, go back, go back, have a listen. Nice. Um, Davey, your thoughts on Tyler Soy? Um, I like what I've been reading about Tyler Soy. You know, obviously, his major junior career there with Victoria Royals. I think I read somewhere that he, he might be like the franchise leader, but took a couple of injuries towards the end of that, you know, second or third season that he was with them. But an absolute sniper by all accounts, you know, 150, 160 goals through five seasons just says that he knows where the back of the net is. So major junior is a high level of hockey, you know yourself. Yeah. Um, not that you played on it, but you know what I mean. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a great a great career major junior, mate. <laughs> uh, you know, so he knew absolute power play specialist for, for the Royals, I think you called the team he played for. So, you know, he comes with a little bit of pedigree. That's where he's ended up getting picked up by, I think he said, the Anaheim Ducks during his interview. You know, I think he... I don't know where he went in the draft, but you know, to be drafted at all. Round seven. Round right. seven, he was 205th overall. Um, it's just, I was just reading, I've just seen the chat function. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, one hour in. <laughs> um, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> is the answer to that question. Um, so he, he knows where the back of the net is. He certainly did through major junior. Um, he, he got his, he got small chances at the AHA level. Injury jinxed him there three chances in the coast as well so look, he's coming in what i really liked in this interview is how hungry he is to maybe step forward or maybe put down roots but he's making the transition to europe and he's hungry for what comes next and that can only bode well for us yeah a big thanks to him for the interview it was done at nine o'clock in the morning his time given that he is on the uh the west coast of canada in the in the beautiful place which is victoria british columbia um but that is the belfast chance roster as it stands um let, we'll come back again to you know Murph and stuff in the next pods and uh, and hopefully have a few more names to talk about. So let's have a look at maybe one of the other pieces of news uh, regards to the Elite League. And that probably is the Glasgow clan. Davey, the, we did have over the last you know six months, Gaff Chalmers come out and say, you know, with the with Into no longer being uh, the owners of the Brayhead, shopping centre and therefore the arena um, that was up for sale. There was a doubt as to whether they'd have any ice to play on this season. There was a move to try to become the owner-operators of the arena. They have announced that they will be playing next season, but it's a little bit curtailed. Yes, they're not going to play the Challenge Cup, which traditionally at the minute has been starting the season. So let teams probably get a little bit of game time before the real business of the of the league kicks off. They're not starting their season until November. So uh, although the season's starting here a little bit later this season, towards more of the end of September, 
they're going to miss the sort of first five, six weeks of it to um, facilitate whatever deal must have been done to allow them to do it. And it brings up a couple of of, of problems, I guess. One, they're going to set out the Challenge Cup, which which makes it the highest the Challenge we, Cup format. Well, we, we've, we've done it ourselves, to be fair. Yeah, possibly change it. Yeah, a lot of years ago, we, we sat out of the Challenge Cup. I don't like it. I didn't like it when we did it. So that's I'm not going to I'm not going to change my opinion on that. I think that you should be trying to win everything you can. Um, it, it makes it as we know that the players aren't playing in the United Kingdom for for to fill their pension pot up, and uh, it, it kind of means for a lot of players there that are coming into the Glasgow clan being paid a weekly a weekly wage. It's, it's two months less of a season they're not getting paid for, and they're still being expected to play the same amount of games, albeit exclude the Challenge Cup from that. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how they get on, how, how they recruit, how, they, you know, we've, we've seen their their, their squad starting to come together. Good goaltending they seem to have. I think that uh, goaltender played with their coach previously in North America. You've said yourself there earlier that Matthew Wah has signed. Obviously, a wily old veteran knows the league. Probably won't be production in terms of, of what he was doing back in the Sheffield days, but he knows his way to the back of that. And, and Glasgow will have to recruit um sensibly this season because i think they may struggle bringing in those premium top end guys because you know as i say especially after the the pandemic we've had people still need to to pay mortgages and stuff so it it is a business and and these people are doing this as a job much as it's a sport and a a passion for us it's a a job to a lot of these guys and they, they have to be paid accordingly yeah, this Shane Start coming in as the starting goalkeeper for the uh, for the Glasgow clan coming in from Wheeling Nailers, uh, played for for Scranton, Bakersfield. I, I had a bit of a time just bouncing about AHL, ECHL, but uh, yeah, they've got you know Matthew Wah, Matthew Uplemona bypass, uh, Nolan Laporte. I'm going to stick with that actually through the season. That's <laughs> you my did, name for the sign clip. Definitely, I'm going to have to do that. Um, the only real names are like Matthew and, and Matt Haywood, uh, Jordan McLaughlin coming in. They have signed a couple of guys in from from Ontario. Some, you know, their teams coming together, Joel. But it's uh, it's an interesting prospect for the clan who want to sort of develop the team within a, an arena that you know they want to own. Yeah, look no further than Craig Peacock's departure for, for yes, Fife, uh, for Fife know, yeah. within the past week. And, you know, it, it may seem to us like Peaks has been around forever because he was such a big part of, of that Doug Christensen era Giants. But Peaks is only 32. Like, I mean, there's still an awful lot left there. And and, uh, and he's, he's, you know, one of, one of the more accomplished Brits in, in the past kind of decade or more. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's worrying times. And look, at whether you, you you know there's there's a significant portion of our fan base that likes to sort of stoke the fire and, and get riled up about the clan and i may or may not have been involved in that at one point in my life but um i i, I like garth chalmers uh, i like jerry mclaughlin i think there's good people at the helm of that club and, and it's in the interests of the league that the teams that especially the ones in larger venues you know the clan are an arena team i think in terms of a purpose-built facility for the eihl it's a great uh, it's a great arena. It's a, it's a really good away day too. Um, and, and the interests of, of hockey in this part of the world and its longevity and its sustainability, it's really important that those teams are protected and continue to grow and thrive. Um, you know, if you lose a team like the clan, it, I think it wedges the gulf a little bit bigger between the teams that are in the arenas and the teams that are playing out of the rinks. Um, and it's, you know, it's a house of cards that can fall down very quickly. Uh, you know, the, 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 the IHL hockey in this part of the world, as we've seen, uh, you know, even within the past 20 years with the, you know, the, the dissolving of the Super League and, and sort of the EIHL being hashed and rehashed, all that kind of stuff. So um, I just hope that they find a way to to make it through this and maybe for a year or two on a success doesn't have to be the, you know, the top priority. It's, it's you know, uh, weathering the storm and coming out the other side with with a team that can continue to, to thrive. 
says the the, the point that, that that Davey made about the condensing of the season for the clan, you know, that, that they are out of the Challenge Cup, and you know, Challenge Cup's changing a little bit this season, and but it. it <laughs> How do you sell that to a player to say that you know we're going to be going up against teams who are not are going? We're going to be playing more games in a shorter span than the, the, our opponents are going to be. That must be a difficult. Well, I say it must be a difficult sell. They're they're certainly selling it because they've been bringing in players. You know, guys just want to play hockey. You know, yeah. it's, they don't want to practice. They don't want to. You know, they just want to play hockey. And then, and then the day if they're playing hockey every third or fourth day that they're here, you know, it, it's. You know, they just want to get back on the ice again. So I, I don't see that being an issue. It's, you know, it, it, it might, you know, the, depending on what their their uh, their schedule is and their, you know, their travel arrangements. And, and I know they, you know, they don't, I'm pretty sure Glasgow don't fly most places. Um, you know, if they're going down to play Guildford, it's a nine or ten hour bus ride. You know, if they're, if they're playing Guildford on a Saturday and they've got to travel back up to Glasgow on a Sunday, it's a long trip. Um, so, you know, I, I have no idea what their schedule is or what, uh, what their games are upcoming. So, but the hockey players just want to play hockey. So I don't see that being a big issue. Um, it just depends on how many players they're bringing in. You, you touched on a couple of them there. Um, you know, Laporte's back as well. He was he was a decent player. Mm-hmm. I remember him from a couple of years ago. Um, and then, uh, as I say, their goaltender looks like a big unit as well. So, look, it, it's Glasgow. It, it's it's we've always sort of um, we've, we've we've got the better off them, but we always have tough games against them. It's a it's a tough place to go into, as Joel said. It's, um, but I'd rather have ten teams in the league than nine. So it's good to have them back, and um, I don't wish them any luck. Obviously, their goal, <laughs> their goalkeeper is six and a half feet tall. Many, many standing reasons that, David. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's thinking about it too. Two hundred thirty. Hundred ninety-six. Ah, yeah. uh, dear. But what two was, meters? Two what? meters is six foot six. What what height is what height's Pesco? Call off the top of your head, boys. One nine three. So he's just he's he's one he's three centimeters taller than Pesco. I think you know, Pesco's a big. No, he's not as, he's as, not as well. good as Pesco, but that's the big challenge. That's, that, that, that's, that's, true. That, that's three centimeters. <laughs> no, that's three centimeters. That's about that's we're going back a time here. That's about that's about three centimeters. <laughs> it's fun. If you're listening, and if you're listening in the audio version, I think you can guess what we're doing. Any other business? Uh, uh, no, um, well, one, one thing I do before we get to any other business is remind you, as if you needed to be reminded, that the fixtures for the Elite League season will be released this Thursday. With great anticipation is to see how the Belfast Giants will be lining up, um, or sorry, how their fixture list will be lining up, how those away trips will be going, how those double headers will be going, how we'll be dealing with uh, you know setting up at the SSE Arena come the end of September. Thursday morning, I believe, is when they will come out. You'll catch all the details of that on the Belfast Giants website, on Twitter, and on Instagram, on Facebook, on Bebo. Are they on Bebo? MySpace, all that sort of, all that sort of stuff. Live journal. Uh, <laughs> goodness me. Um, get your geosites set up. Um, any other business, gentlemen? I've got one. Um, the USA, the USA era have, have now been allowed to facilitate the um, uh, the handing out of the sponsored equipment from the last planned season. So uh, Monday the 9th and Tuesday the 10th between 6 and 8 at the South VIP door at the SSA Arena Park. They're, all the details are on the Jan's web, or sorry, Jan's Twitter and Facebook, as well as the USA Twitter and Facebook. But Park, 
I followed directions of the event sex staff, park in the vaccination center car park, which is the main car park for the arena. Um, and please stay socially distanced. Um, we will do our best to get the equipment on as, as quickly as possible. And once again, thanks for your continued support from the sponsored equipment side of thing. Which one's the South VIP? Is that the one at the front? South VIP is just the road, just the traffic lights. So um, okay. it's, uh, yeah, but again, taking into consideration, the vaccination center will be open. Uh, and my understanding is it's very busy at that time. So don't don't approach it from the pavilion uh, walkway side because that's where they'll be queuing to get into the arena. So come in from the other end. But again, the, the, the event sex staff will point you in the right direction. Anybody else? Uh, just a, a quick one. We haven't mentioned that it's been 10 years since Doug Christensen brought Adam Keefe to Belfast uh, as of this week, four of days course. ago, was the 10-year anniversary of that. So, uh, yeah, congrats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> congratulations to uh, to Coach Keith on the on ten amazing years. Whether he's digging Brian Jernick's head off uh, on the ice or or lifting nice. trophies, he's uh, 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 Mr. Belfast uh, of or, the modern era, or and, farming, uh, <laughs> or being a boat captain, or whatever. Uh, the the reason the reason that the current generation, uh, I would say, a big part of the reason the current generation of diehards are are Giants fans, uh, was watching Adam Keith on the ice and then transition to coach. So, uh, congrats, coach, and here's the many more. Here, here, and uh, hopefully, as a tenth anniversary gift, we can get him good Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> Yes. Uh, anything from yourself, David? I have just a couple of things, Paddy. First of all, we never mentioned, for whatever reason, Belfast Giants podcast, I guess. Um, we didn't mention Sheffield Steelers' own. Um, unfortunately, they've lost Liam Kirk. Obviously, oh, they had him signed for the coming season, but um, he's, he's taken an option for a three-year um, NHL deal instead. Why would uh, you do that? don't know. When you're signed... To the um, apparently was signed, yes, signed to the Sheffield Steelers as verified by the EIHL. Um, <laughs> so good luck to them. Um, <laughs> good to see, good to see British talent um, getting a chance at the NHL level. You know whether we are Sheffield fans or we're not. Um, I, I wish that kid every success because um, it's good to see him flying the flag over our forest yep. and. Uh, Wishing well. The other thing is the shirt raffle or shirt thing that we're running for Ethan's new wheelchair. Um, we have paid three hundred pounds over for um, for that. So thank the everybody that um, um, bought a ticket. I will do a draw. I've got the balls all set up, and me and says talked about it earlier, and I forgot to bring them down for the. So I'm not going to get them now. But we will maybe do that on the next live show. I'll bring them. We'll dip in and. Grab some balls. Well, what are you going to do, David? This yep. show is getting absolute filth. You're going to grab some balls. Big orange balls, mate. That's <laughs> all we've got. That's all we've got left to talk about. That's the color. That's the color of the balls, honestly. That's what they are. Table tennis, table tennis balls. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Numbers on them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I had, I had a big orange golf ball on the Strand Coast the other day. It was the only one I lost. <laughs> Dave, wait, what about the first? He didn't mention funny. about the first fairway at Port Shirt. Did you land on the fairway? I, I landed it, mate. Yes, Paddy. First time, first, yes, time, Paddy. first time, first time in five years. Didn't go, the, didn't go on the roof of Harry Shack this time. Yes, <laughs> pure clutch, mate. I actually did. I actually did. I didn't have a bad round for a change in the strand course. Lost one ball. Had had four pars. One of them the par five. Meh, happy enough with that. But no, I digress. No fairway beats Paddy Smith six times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth, mate. That's the truth. The uh, uh, good time for sure. I'm done, Gall. Anyway, I digress. Um, I think that's it from us, gents, is it? 
Yeah, that's something big else. I can't remember. Oh, do oh well, no, that's you've something else. Then go on, Davy. No, but I can't remember. Well, so kind that's a rubbish end, isn't it? But sorry, great finish. Something to do with the Olympics, maybe. Something to do the Olympics. Yeah. Olympics. See your guy from Newton Arts. He was quite good. I quite liked his the gymnast. Really? Quite liked his cut of his job. Yeah, his, yeah. his confidence. Oh, the fella fell off a horse and didn't yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> Here, did you see uh, the cycling earlier on the velodrome? The Australian guy, the handlebars fell off his bike. Off bike. No, they didn't. Put him they're back they're on they're... and allowed him to go again. But well, well actually, no, and actually, no. what? Well, no, the dead, the dead, they the, built his bike back together and let them race again. But the finish fifth. And I'm oh, okay. and I'm going to and I'm going to disagree. I think it was with Mister Joe Neil. I quite liked what happened in the high jump. I no. quite liked it. I thought it was quite good. Bit of sportsmanship. Bit of sportsmanship. Uh, but my question was, will that mean there's no silver medals, just two golds and a bronze? I think so, yeah. Because you can't be having that. That's, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not with you. Like, no. I, no, I think it's yeah. wrong. You've got to, The whole point of when you've got to win, you go to the Olympics yeah. to win. You don't go to the Olympics to come second. Well, my point, my point was, you know, the guys in golf, there were seven guys tied for third. So rather than give them all a bronze, they made them play off. Four yep. days of competition. I jump like three times. You jog in, jump over a bar. Uh, should should have given them all bronze. I've maybe made that. I've maybe oversimplified that, but they'd be pretty tall as well. <laughs> jog in and jump over a bar. Genetic, <laughs> genetic advantage as well. Remember jumping over heads. A, a, I remember jumping over heads in the out of out of, out of wait one night for a bit of crack. <laughs> did what? I did medal for it. Or? Jog, Jogging in and jumping over a bar house, Joe Neil at one o'clock in the morning in the heart bar. <laughs> 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 See you soon, babes. I miss you. I miss you. Heart bar is still closing about half past eight, nine o'clock, for goodness sake. Yeah, it's, it's not right, mate. Hmm. We'll be back, and, Joe. We'll be back. And yeah, on and on and on that fabulous note, um, <laughs> a big thanks to uh, and a welcome back to David Goodwin. And a welcome mm-hmm. and a very th- great thank you to Tyler Soy for their time and joining us. Um if you want to get us, kingdomofthegiants.com, uh, at AVFTB on Twitter, uh, podcast at kingdomofthegiants.com is our email. And uh, a big thank you to you three gentlemen. It's good to see you again. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Patrick. Uh, big thanks, once again, big thanks to Belfast Giants for allowing us to put together this video and the new system and all that sort of palaver. Um, we'll be back again, no doubt, in a couple of weeks to talk about Stephen Murphy and to talk about maybe a few new signings and a lot more besides and wherever you are we hope you enjoy your summer hockey isn't that far away and we'll catch you here next time on a view from the bridge sports social podcast network